Welcome back to the E6 podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke. This is episode 63. I even came, I, was, I even tried to prepare myself for 63. And I I'm ready. Like, I just, it just instantly came to me. <laughs> you didn't even prompt me, and I'm so all ready. I, all I got was like, that's like a lineman number. You're never going to get what I, where I'm coming from. You okay. ready? Yeah. Mike Singletary. Totally random, huh? was 63 at Baylor. Oh, okay. All-American, okay. middle linebacker. We know him, obviously, more commonly from the Chicago Bears. I was going to say, what was he? Was it 50? 50? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. 50. I was thinking 50, uh, 50s. I mean, that's I think the, it was 5 zero. That's the... Uh, but 63, you know, random, lineman, random number. number. I have I have old vintage <laughs> pictures in my mind of, way before my time, of Mike Singletary at Baylor University with his... Big giant eyes. You know how his eyes were always really huge in yeah. all the pictures. Greatest linebacker of all time. Of all time. Of all time. Of all time. You think so? Well, I'm biased. Okay. Who's better than Mike Singletary? Throw that out there for me. I mean, if you want to stick with the Bears, you just what about Erlacher? Butkus? Oh. Oh no. Both Butkus and Singletary are better than Erlacher. You think so? Yeah, he's a great safety. Okay. In college. <laughs> he's a beast. Erlacher's good. <laughs> No, I'm talking best of all time. I know, I don't. Mike I Singletary, mean, name a better linebacker. Come on, come on. I don't, I don't, I don't know that. You I probably can. want to give me some Brian Bosworth OU joke. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> terrible in pro. He was good in college, but uh, what about um, what about Junior Seau? Who? He's good. Yeah. Lawrence Taylor's more of a defensive end, I guess. Right. Uh, probably would be now. Yeah. Uh, unplanned. What's uh what what's um um a guy guy for Baltimore? Oh, um, Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis, yeah. Ooh, strong those, those strong some, argument. Those are some big names, though. I'd put me Mike Singletary right <laughs> up there, man. <laughs> Loves Jesus, uh-huh. strong strong Christian, and just a beast of a linebacker in football. Had a decent short run as an NFL coach, and apparently he went to Baylor. I, oh yeah, definitely went to Baylor. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Really? He's like one of the few bright spots was, in our, our 1970s yeah, football but, program. But what conference was Baylor in at that point? Southwest like, Conference. Yeah. Back when the Big Eight and the Southwest Conference still existed. Before they before they merged. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. Sorry, sports take. We do this from time <laughs> I was to about time. to say. I'm not Fast even, I wasn't forward, friends. <laughs> That's right. Uh, storms this weekend. That was, that yeah. was interesting. Lots of rain. Um, that's always fun. But yeah. we, tr- we had served Saturday, Saturday. On Saturday, and managed to avoid the bad weather, and we managed to, and and so my uh, my fretting all week long were, leading up to it. Brooke was a hot mess. I mean, it was like you guys didn't see this oh. behind the scenes, but Brooke was daily checking his. Well, you already checked More the weather because you're a Jeep Wrangler driver. Yeah, that's true, but. Turned out great. We had we had a decent showing. I always would love to have more folks, but we had it. We had critical mass at both sites, yep. and got a lot of work done. And yeah. I feel like both ministry organizations and their their people felt some love. I sure hope so. Encouragement. I sh- I sure hope so. <laughs> I haven't talked to them yet, but I, sure I hope so. I confess, I got a full tour on site from Vanetta at uh, the the center, uh-huh. uh, formerly known as the Pregnancy Help Center. Right. And I was really impressed with the facility, with the supplies they have to give to to women in crisis and pregnancy. Um, something for me to just be reminded of is we encounter 
uh, women in those same predicaments or young couples in those predicaments, we can we can send them their way. One of the things that blew me away is they have a sonogram machine mm-hmm. that is on par with like a local hospital. Yeah, like it is an expensive, really good machine. And then on top of that, one of our very own uh, Mark Whitley, who does this for a living in the medical field, he volunteers his time to read all their sonograms. Mm. And so, like the last time he did it, he did a hundred and six sonograms. Wow! And just was able to give them accurate readings. It's not me or you looking at something we don't know, you know. <laughs> that looks and, like a baby. And not only is that super helpful in in a lot of maybe less obvious ways, but uh, Vanetta said that you know that's been instrumental in changing the mind of right. some ladies that are on the edge of choosing abortion. Yeah, they can see the life, the movement, mm-hmm. the development. Um, so praise God for however that was that money that came. I think. Um, Oh, she told me which church it was, and now I'm forgetting. Was it Lifeway Church? Life Church? I f- there was another church in town, wasn't us, that generously donated a chunk of money, and they were able to get that. So. That's awesome. Yeah, and you're and you're right. Those are those are very very uh, instrumental in a lot of ways. And I had a friend that uh, that worked with the ministry for a while that they had a um, a bus that they would do mm. ultrasounds and sonograms from. And so they would just drive them around and wow. and uh, and find people that that uh, that that needed to see that kind of thing. And um, so yeah, that's that's a really big deal. But that's mm. cool. You got to spend some time with uh, spend some time with Vanetta and get the get overdue the whole, the Over, whole tour. Overdue. And, Vanetta is one of our our fantastic colonial people, and she just leads that ministry with a source of pride. I mm-hmm. think uh, for all the right reasons, mm-hmm. she's got a heart for these ladies in trouble. And um, Pam Sproul. Um, yeah, was one of our also one of our colonial folks. She's on their board and was out there with the paintbrush, stay, yeah, staying the fence yeah, with was, a bunch of people. That was cool. It was nice to have uh, Lance and Pam, who yeah, their 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 group goes out there often okay. and does a bunch of work out there. So they surprised. know, yeah, they know things. You know, they know that property and the things that they yeah. that they deal with. So it was great to have them and uh, them be a part of it and help lead the way on that. You know, another way. another cool thing I was not aware of on the backyard of their facility, the big giant backyard, they have a, how would you describe that? It's like a, a memorial, uh, garden area. Yeah. It's maybe? like, a, like a, I want to say, I want to say like heart garden or something, but I really can't remember the, term the shape that they of used. a big heart. Um, but yeah, so they have, they have that. They also have a prayer walk that, that is, um, it's like a three quarter mile prayer walk. It's got like 12 stops yes. on it and prompts for you to things to pray about. And so, so well worth the time of any of our listeners, you know, on a, on a afternoon or weekend or whatever, when you're going to take a walk anyway, or you want to do a prayer walk or you want to just expose yourself to what's going on. It's right off of Seymour highway. And I'm sure they'd always be up for you. You just get on their property and doing that. I, I want to bring up that heart garden or whatever it's mm-hmm. called because there's these little tiles that you can um you can memorialize a, a lost pregnancy yeah so um i know that's part of our story is as the joneses um we've been open about um multiple miscarriages from my wife back in the day um, and just heartache you know wanting to have children um for several years before we were able to and and, and also adopt um but I just didn't know that was something they did. It's so cool is is you can take some probably probably minimal dollars and and uh put a tile up in in memoriam to a lost baby. Um 
And uh, there's something meaningful about those kind of rituals where you could, some, a place you can come to again and, and remember and pray. and um, Especially with something that's, that's that personal yes. and that, uh, that difficult for anybody outside of it to deal with yes. or know how to deal with. I well think said. We, Often we watch unspoken. from the outside and don't have any idea nope. how to deal with it. No. Nope. But there was, there was, you know, I, don't, I didn't count the tiles, but off the top of my head, I, I remember 20 or 30 tiles up there. Maybe there's more than that. These are people that get it, you know, and to, to put your little tile up there and, and have a, a private place to go back to if and when you want to and yeah. just pray and um, mourn together or or know that other people are mourning with you mm-hmm. and your loss. It's just a unique little – it's one thing among many that that ministry provides. Really cool. Yeah, so it's a really cool place. Um, I believe off the top of my head, I'm not looking at it, but I believe the website is thecenterwf.org. I'll have to <laughs> go back and double check that. Put that in our that, show notes. We'll put that accurately. in there. Uh, yeah, the correct one, not just the link to whatever I think it is. But also to have um, to to be able to go over to the refuge, to Faith Refuge, and uh, and put in some work over there. And um, we had uh, uh, Doug Marchand's uh, one of his one of his guys helped helped us. Uh, Build a tear down and build some some stuff on the shed in the back that uh, had about a, a a billion wasps with a bee. I'm I'm fairly confident and yikes. Yeah, it was it was a lot. So we we <laughs> Emily uh, Emily we have anybody Love, go down? Like, no, I don't think so. Emily Love was was very vigilant with the with the raid cans um, to start <laughs> to start it off. So uh, yeah, so it, we, we it was it was good to be able to be there too. And and I almost wish we could have done it a little bit different because they came out at lunchtime and they were like, "Hey, you guys, we're about to we're eating lunch. If you guys want to come in and and uh, unfortunately, that's like the the killer of you know sitting down for any amount of time is the killer for getting a getting a project like that done. So right. we didn't get to, but maybe maybe next time we can do something like that. But I'm looking forward to. Um, we have one penciled in for uh, towards the end of July, another another serve Saturday, and sweet. And I'm hoping we can get back out and do some more stuff out at the center that we really wanted to do this weekend. Just um, you know, with rain and all that, didn't get a chance to. So, well, thanks for putting that together. I, I I'm naive as to how much work that is to put it together, but I I think we should do those more often for sure. I'm glad you've got several several planned. Yeah, so we got a little team that's thinking about those things and uh, and trying to do it. So we we will uh, we will do that again for sure. Great. So I'm curious. Uh, we we've been going for you know I lost a week with a with a uh, with a, uh, kidney a, a kidney stone and we had conversation that day, but I was preoccupied. I don't know that you remember <laughs> any of that conversation. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but uh, but then last week was was. Um, you know, there's. I was just getting ready for everything, and and you know, we, we you have some vacation time and some other things. I feel like, you know, you and I haven't had a whole lot of time to like catch up. But I'm just curious, like, how how are you doing? Like, what's what's going on? How oh, you, we're gonna how you living? Just dive in, getting personal. You know, <laughs> right. we do we do talk about how the podcast, in part, is meant to be a look behind the curtain. Yeah. Um, man, that's a big question, Brooke. I mean, it could be right here on the interwebs. Uh, for anybody to listen, um, <laughs> I, I guess I'll I'll choose to be honest. Uh, overall, I'm doing really well. Uh, I am thankful for the perspective God continues to give me as a pastor, um, because I feel like if if left to myself in my flesh, if that makes sense to people, just just humanly speaking. There's reasons to be discouraged. Uh, the pandemic has just taken a huge hit on the church. 
uh, not just colonial, but the church across our country, um, from attendance, from just involvement, engagement with people, um, and uh, and then you add just these weird political times we've been in mm-hmm. for the last, it feels like several years now, where uh, there's just a strong us versus them mentality amongst, I think, the best people, you know, <laughs> my <laughs> favorite people, yeah. and it's still just very much a hypersensitive, uh, almost angry mood. Um, I think a lot of people are really discouraged about different things, whether it's inflation or uh, things going on in our society, uh, anxious about war. Um, so all of that, I think there'd be reason on a human level as a pastor who works with people. And um, I think there'd be reason to, to be discouraged, be uh, worn out. And at some level, that's true. But um, I, I do say this very purposefully. I, I'm grateful because God has very graciously given me just a different perspective. And I feel like um, faithfulness doesn't faithfulness doesn't have anything to do with you know results. Uh, faithfulness necessar- doesn't necessarily have it to do with results. Faithfulness is putting one foot in front of the other and and reevaluating. We, that's, that's maybe one thing, one challenge that weighs heavily on me is, okay, what, what do we need to do differently mm. as an organization, as a church? Uh, how do we need to pivot? Uh, what, what things from the past do we need to let go of? What new things do we need to try and risk failure and in a good way experiment? Um, I'd like to think that's a constant challenge, but I think coming out of the pandemic, it's a unique challenge. But on a, on a heart level, I, I'm not discouraged. I'm actually really excited. I'm really hopeful. I'm, I am convinced that um, we, I, I guess part of me is getting older too. I'm convinced that faithfulness looks like loving the people right in front of you and prayerfully pursuing God's direction and trusting the results to him. Um, I, I did, I know this is partly where you're going with this question. Cause we did talk a little bit before we started recording. Um, I think that when we're dealing sometimes with people we work with or people we go to school with or people we live next door to, I know I use those examples all the time. We work, we play, we, we, we learn with, um, when there's anxiety, when there's stress, when there's conflict, when there's tension, uh, one of the things I'm so grateful to learn as a leader, and I'm not sure how well I model this. I'd like to think I'm doing this better and better. But the value of what one of my mentors years ago called a non-anxious presence is really, really important. And so maybe, maybe that'll be a leadership nugget I'll, I'll give you on the podcast here. Um, you know, when there's anxiety uh, to our left and our right, when there's frustration to our left or our right, when there's fear, uh, when there's stress, our tendency is to react with our own anxiety and fear and stress and angst. And and the opposite is so powerful. The power of being right in the middle of that, of being present and not letting that stir us up, but being calm and being strong and being hopeful, um, I think is incredibly valuable. And I, I really feel like that's what leadership demands coming through a pandemic. I think that's what it demands coming out of a pandemic. Um, 
I think I joked about this too as I was putting my thoughts together. You know, our, our instinctive reaction is fight or flight. And there's good fighting and there's good flying, but, but a lot of ways we, we use those terms negatively, fight or flight. I, there, there's not a strong argument to chill, you know? <laughs> but I think leadership sometimes in the midst of, of difficult times or fatigue, it, it looks like just steady. It looks non-anxious. A shout out to uh, Bob Shield, my mentor and pastor and boss when I was 24, 25. That's the guy at the Methodist Church. United right? Methodist, very different dude, very calm. I watched him, a, a gift from God, to watch him in a meeting with 15 or so church people, at least a few that were loud, squeaky wheels, critics, complainers, passionate, even in some good ways about things. And Bob, it took time, it took a while, but he just was steady. He was just calm and strong and uh, didn't feed into that at all. Hmm. Um, and I remember as a hothead 20-something, just learning a lot, watching him. Um, that really made an impact on me. So, wow, you asked me how I'm doing? <laughs> in, in a lot of ways, I'm doing really well. Uh, I'm hopeful, but I'm convicted, too, that our church and, and these times really require calm, healthy leadership. I'm trying to wrestle more and more with what it means to take care of myself and lead from a place of health. Um, I, I think we've always got to start with that. You know, uh, I, I know we've talked about that with our staff, Brooke, is yeah. we've got to fight for health on our team and it ebbs and flows. You know, you put 10 people in a room and um, especially with some of the changes we've had the last couple of years, it just, it ebbs and flows. And, and, and yet to know that we're all pursuing the Lord and pursuing health is, is encouraging to me. Um, well, I think it's difficult. Like it's, it's difficult to know, um, you know, what, what is it that, that will get you healthy? What, you know, what is a good non-anxious presence? You know, how do you get there? Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it doesn't have, that's a skill to learn. Yeah. That is not a natural bent or even a gift really. I don't, I would argue it's a skill to learn. Yeah, was, I mean, for some people, it's probably not nearly as difficult. But I think, especially you know, when we live in a an an age of everything is fear based, you know, yep. it's it's all about how much fear you can rile up to to get to to get for turnout or um, to get you to watch or keep watching or yep. or, or whatever. Um, I mean, I, I, I talk about storms earlier. You know, um, it, Sunday it rained. You know, all day, almost all day long, and uh, storms weren't all that bad. But, but for some somehow, our dog has my, my wife's dog. Let's be honest, <laughs> my wife's dog has developed some sort of a fear of these storms, and he's just like he is like a ball of anxiety uh, all day long. I hate that. You know, and so it's just like like watching from the outside. You can watch that. Like, man. It would be you just need to chill, right? <laughs> Which is like the worst. Right. That's like the worst advice you could give anyone. Just just be calm. Just Snap calm down. out of it. <laughs> Buck up. But being being anxious, it's like it's <laughs> it so work. it's so easy to 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 find yourself in that spot. But it's also difficult. Like, how do you fight for health when yeah. you don't know how to get out of being anxious? You don't know how to get out well, of the fear. And you hit you hit it on the head. Is it, it starts with ourselves. You know, I, I know we're going down a bunny trail here, but <laughs> it it probably is perked up a lot of ears 
listening right now, it, you, you can't provide that non-anxious presence mm-hmm. to other people if if you don't have it in you. Right. You know, if you're if you're just a a hot mess. <laughs> if you are not an you're, anxious, you're the one that needs someone else to be that yeah. non-anxious presence. Yeah. Um, and that's where everything from reading to uh, exercise to therapy. I'm a big fan of competent Christian counseling. Yeah. Peeling back the layers of wrestling. Where does this anxiety come from? Uh, where do these fears come from? I think good friends who speak truth and love to us matters. We've talked about that a lot lately. Uh, it's a combination of those things for sure. Um, I, I feel like I've recommended this book at least a couple of times. So let's put this back in the show notes. Emotionally healthy spirituality was it maybe in the last couple of weeks I, I recommended that but i want to recommend it again emotionally healthy spirituality by pete scazzaro great stuff holistic look at um just what what has impacted us from our past and and how that creates our wiring and 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 how we can change and how we need to fight for health in these different areas mm-hmm. um I mean, if I'm remembering correctly, I read this a couple years ago, but um, it talked a lot about Sabbath. Yes. Right? Is yes. That the, the, I'm, I'm thinking the right thing here. Well, you probably think he talked a lot about <laughs> Sabbath because it was one of the most foreign concepts Maybe in the that's book. It. Yeah. There were other me- equally you know, important yeah. aspects of, of health and fighting for health, but Sabbath is something that... That may have been the one that we needed the most. And I, Yeah, maybe, maybe what you needed to <laughs> yeah, hear the right. most, yeah. 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 So, how are you doing, man? I'll flip it. Uh, you know, um, if we're being honest here, and you can fast forward past this part. Yeah, that's by the right. way, nobody but. cares about this. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Um, you know, we're we are in a uh, we're we're still in a rough season medically and dealing with. Um, we feel like we're dealing with uh, referrals from one place to the next, mm. um, constantly, and our health insurance just doesn't do doesn't doesn't work uh as as wonderfully as would be great and uh so we're dealing with all kinds of things we find some things that seem to work a little bit for for my wife and um um and then and then it you know sometimes they're not very very long lasting and um so yeah keep her in your prayers as we're as we're trying to do with this and just dealing with all that and uh but yeah other than that you know my kids are having fun they're playing volleyball and and um i got roped into coaching so uh, we have like two volleyball games and practice so that's at least in my another i think we have i think we have like four nights of volleyball this week yikes amongst three kids and and um but they are uh they are anxious to get to the end of school and uh, i think kendrick is if if he could understand the counting down that many days <laughs> to the end, we still struggle with. But what's tomorrow? And uh, but he is itching to be out of school and just get to play mm. and play with all his friends that live nearby and build stuff and yeah, get his Legos out and have his non anxious presence in uh, in <laughs> in life. Which yeah, so you know it's it's uh it's you know it's towards the end of the year. It's as expected in a lot of ways for, for the kids. And I'm sure your, 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 your girls and, and wife probably are right along the same page there. And oh yeah. I think everybody can taste that school's almost done <laughs> it's like I, for sure. I can feel it. It's right there. But I'm glad you were honest and real about care. K, your wife, because we, there was a season, uh, maybe we were more open on the podcast last year about just what she's going through and just 
we all need to continue to pray for her. I, I just cannot imagine what it's like for anybody to deal with chronic pain, chronic discomfort, chronic just ongoing uncertainty. Like yeah. what the heck is going on? Yeah. You know, and I know that you know that other people go through that. Um, but out of sight, out of mind, you know, yeah. I forget that, I mean, for you to say, you know, how much she's struggling still just, ah, I hate that for y'all. Well, and that's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, like, like we talked about the loss of a child, you know, and, or, or, uh, loss of a, of, of a baby or a miscarriage or something like that. Like it's not a, it's not something that's, that's in front of people all the time. And so it's something that's difficult and chronic pain as we are learning is, is something that's like that, you know, um, you feel the need to put on a happy face and yeah. you know, how many, how many times do you have to answer? How you feeling? You yeah. know, it's yeah. like, I'm great. I'm great. Let's move on. <laughs> let's, let's not talk about it. Uh, I feel so amazing right now. Thanks for the hug. Okay. Um, you know, but we're learning through the process and learning how to, how to trust God when you, you know, don't have answers at all and don't have direction and, um, so yeah, it's, um, right. It's a growing period and we're learning. Yeah. Well, I, I would implore all of our listeners, uh, especially when you, for any of you guys that listen regularly to the podcast and you think about Brooke and his family, pray for Kara Kay, pray for some answers, pray for some healing. Um, please do that for sure. Yeah. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Okay. So enough about me. Um, that's, that's enough of that. When uh, we start this weekend, we go. We went into this past weekend and um, starting new a new series, if you will. That's that's going back to an old series. Um, I'm curious. Just before we get into any of that, um, we we talked about David for what five six weeks. Five six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is so much more. Oh my to David's story. We could talk about David for a year, year and a half. Right. So there's so much more to David uh-huh. and and like big events, like crazy things. And then and there, there's also 65 other books throughout the Bible, but we're going back to Acts, jumping in about halfway. What's what's your thought? Why are we why are why we going are we doing back? That? Why are we going back to Acts, skipping the rest of David's life and the things that go on and the other things that we could talk about? What what's uh what's drawing you back to Acts here? Um I think well, first of all, when we started studying Acts, you know, I knew 28 chapters and and easily, you know, 40 or 50 lessons, 40 or 50 different events you could talk through. Um, I knew we weren't going to do it for a year, year and a half. So I was curious how far we would get. We got through the first 10 chapters of the book. So I guess part of the answer is, I, hey, I knew we were coming back. It's just a matter of when. I, I don't I don't like just stopping there, you know. Um and then looking ahead as we were as we were planning the rest of this year, uh, I guess looking back to the Christmas holidays, thinking, okay, well, after Easter seems like a great time. That's that that's when the Book of Acts started. Chapter one of the Book of Acts is after the death and resurrection of Jesus, and the coming of the Holy Spirit. Um, what did the early church do? And then another maybe obvious answer is part of our, uh, I think, right wrestling as a 21st century church is to learn from the history of the church. What, what has the movement of God's people post, uh, resurrection looked like and how are we to operate as a church and what's our mission and, and 
how do we fight for unity and how do we disagree with each other and how do we deal with different doctrinal issues and what does it look like to share the good news with people and care for the poor and be the church and so you know we're not going to find that in first and second samuel we're not going to find that in first second kings we're not going to find that in psalms or leviticus we're we're not going to find that in the gospels matthew mark luke and john and so um that's why we're back in Acts. Uh, I'm excited to see what the Lord has to say to me, to us as leaders, to our church people, as we just wrestle with, okay, how do we live this out? Um, how do we not just learn information? How do we learn to be the church? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, there's, I mean, I, spoiler alert, you know, I'm, I actually have been studying. And so I know there's, I know there's several things just activated Siri somehow <laughs> when I said sorry. Um, there, I know there's several things that he's going to probably convict us of and, and challenge us on as a church. And so that's a little rant on why we're going back to Acts. That's cool. I will say, too, that um, I am, you know, we're New Testament Christians. The whole Bible matters, but we are New Covenant believers, as the Bible teaches. We, we don't base our faith on, you know, the Jewish... The, the Old Testament law from the Torah. We we base our understanding of the calling on our lives as Christ followers on, on the New Testament. And um, part of being a part of a church where I teach a lot, you're going to get stuck in the Gospels a lot. I'm just convicted we need to spend a lot of time in the Gospels. I think we need to spend uh, a decent chunk of time in the book of Acts. Um I think that a lot of the the letters that Paul and Peter and others wrote in the New Testament to churches have something to say to us as well. So I think we're going to spend a lot of time in the New Testament, a lot more time in Acts, a lot more time even than that in the Gospels. Martin Luther once said that if all we did was preach the Gospel over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, we're not doing it wrong. Um, and you, I think I think I said this Sunday. I don't remember if I said it. I said it recently. I just, I just don't get excited about studying the end times. I don't get I don't mm. get excited about studying the the minutia of of Old Testament law. Uh, even though I know God has something to say to us in the entire Bible, don't mishear me. Uh, I just think we need to spend more time looking at the the life and the teachings of Jesus. I think we need to spend more time on the instruction of how to be His church than anything else. And then and then when we take these other trips down memory lane and study, you know, David, a man after God's own heart, we've got we've got fresh things to hear from him on. So not everybody agrees with that, you know, on on how do you wait where you go in the Bible with your teachings, but um well, and it's always it's always, you know, even even where you started um on Sunday, you know, you started with the origin story, the you know the 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 that's it's good to know you know we're yeah. a part of we're a part of a movement that started you know two thousand years ago, yeah, and so it's good to see okay not just the you know not just the story of Jesus and but how did that affect the people and how did that immediately then turn into what we're still doing you know two millennia later yeah you know what uh, so you, you talked about you talked about Batman. As your as as the origin story that you were that you're referring to, do you have a mm. do you have a favorite 
I'm thinking like, so there's like, there's, you know, you talked about Batman and Iron Man and uh, Spider-Man. I'm thinking like, I mean, there's the Superman story and, and, and Wonder Woman and Captain America and nobody saw the Hulk because it was terrible. And, you know, there's... I like the Hulk. It gets a bad rap. I'm an I'm a Edward Norton fan, but I digress. Go ahead. That movie was terrible. Come on. It wasn't nearly, it wasn't nearly as good as the rest of them, I agree. <laughs> I'm less of a Thor. It was so uh, bad. Thor movie fan. Those, okay. were, those were pretty bad. Okay. Ragnarok was fun. Ragnarok okay, we're really fun. losing. You, you, what, what are you asking me? I'm at, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't listening. What would you say? Uh, origin stories. Like, we're talking about origin yeah. stories. You know, um, I, there's, there's probably origin stories that we could go back to. Um, I think about a documentary that came out recently on Apple TV about the the Beatles. Um, oh was yeah, Apple TV. I don't remember, but I didn't watch it. Um, but there's other there's other origin stories that are just they they capture our attention because it's like oh, you know. I even think about if you want to talk about music, like my my daughter was like, I want to I want to learn about some music, and so we went back, and I was like, you can't just oh, I like today's music and and not look back because you have to go back to understand like. Without this, you don't get to this that gets to this that then becomes what you know, you know? Right. It's like, and so to go back to these origin stories, like, just, I'm just curious, do you have a favorite origin story? Whether it's a comic book or a superhero or something else, I'm just, uh, is, there a, is there a U2 documentary about how U2 <laughs> came together? <laughs> I do. Bono's early well, life Well, that's a great, something? okay, okay, that's a great example <laughs> when it comes to music. Like, I'm a huge U2 fan. And I go to the 80s, you know, Joshua Tree and um, Octoon Baby and Un- Unforgettable Fire. And I, I think um, I think about those albums, but then I think, oh, wait, wait, wait. That's when they were big. That's when they're winning their first Grammy. That's when they're selling mm. out stadiums. What's their origin story? And I to find out about you 2 and then being like 15, 16, 17-year-olds in Ireland playing in bars... In fact, can I can I bore you for a moment because I'm such a YouTube fan? So, this this just ticks me off. This ticks me off. If you didn't know this, three of the four YouTube band members went to a like a big tent revival, like a like a Billy Graham like crusade event. Okay. okay, I don't know who was doing it or what kind of church was putting it on, but three of the four of them they're already playing in bars. They're already they're already getting you know kind of big in their own little circles. They weren't big yet. And three of the four of them, all but the bass player, went. And they grew up Irish Catholic, but they didn't really know the gospel. Um, and to hear Bono tell the story, they just were all enamored by Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they um, all de- all decided that they wanted to seriously follow Jesus. And one of the Christian leaders, and this ticks me off to this day, told them that if they want to follow Jesus, they have to give up rock and roll. Hmm. And they were genuinely bumfuzzled about it, you know, <laughs> whatever the word is. Bumfuzzled. bumfuzzled. They were, <laughs> they were just torn up. They were like, oh, like we're we're actually serious about this, but music's our life. We're just they're, they're teenagers. Mm-hmm. I think they had a show in New York even planned soon mm-hmm. after, you know, across the ocean back in the seventies, and and um, they go back to, and to the bass player who wasn't there, who was not in on this, was like, what? Are you guys nuts? No way, you know. And he basically talked them out of it. And I, to this day, it makes me angry that it makes me angry that um, a Christian leader would somehow correlate, you know, obedience to following Jesus with giving up their music. And uh, if that doesn't give you a little window into Bono 
in his spiritual journey. It's why so many of the early songs were right out of the Psalms. Mm-hmm. And um, 40, one of my top 10 favorite U2 songs, just listen to 40. And it's right out of Psalm 40. And um, he has got so much Christian elements to his music because he knows and loves Jesus. But it took him a while to come to grips with, oh, wait, 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 wait. God doesn't want me to give up rock and roll. Hmm. He just wants me to love him more than anything else and use my gifts. And so... Which is crazy to think about because as you know, from from a like a worship a worship leader's perspective, um, musician perspective, like it's nonsense. It's YouTube crazy. YouTube changed the <laughs> the ways that that music yes. that worship music was yes. played. You could speak it to was, this. It was much later on than than that. It was in the well, it church, was in the, the early two thousand. The church is always about fifteen, twenty years yeah, behind right. culture, I think. We're always trying to catch up, but um, but like it's just funny to hear that story and to think like the way that the Edge played guitar changed how <laughs> how we play guitar at church at like, church at their, yeah the, the ways that that was influential to to worship music in general but from obviously like, like the two thousands two thousand ten area obviously some would argue in a bad way maybe so know? maybe so but but anyway that's that's U 2s origin story mm-hmm. if you will you know or part of it anyway so. Okay, you know what? My I can't think of a better one, and I'm trying to be a little bit creative in my response. <laughs> my favorite origin story of of the different stories I love in, in fantasy, anyway, might be uh, Darth Vader. Just I think because because I grew up as a kid thinking he was the villain of all villains. He was the bad guy. He was the guy that was scary. He was tall. He was dark. Obviously. He had James Earl Jones's voice, and then to have that story arc all the way to finding out—spoiler alert—that he's Luke's dad. But then beyond that, finding out, oh wait, he was good, and he was actually trained under Obi Wan Kenobi and a good Jedi. And and then you go back to—it was terrible acting by the poor little kid that acted <laughs> in was it, Episode One and Two. But but you find out he's okay. Oh, he's a good yeah. guy, and and to to see his story arc kind of to go back in the prequels as much as I didn't love those movies and just to see his slow transformation into a villain. I love that stuff. I love, I love backstories lost. If I could date myself in the early two thousands was one of my favorite TV shows. And one of the things they did so well is backstories. Mm. They were simultaneously telling you what's going on now. And then it would just like, they'd have this musical visual effect and and all of a sudden you're back mm. 10 years and you kind of have to figure out what's going on. But it's it's backstory. It's yeah. origin story, so to speak, to this character you already know and love. I love that stuff. Yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think is your example of, of Darth Vader, like that's, I think about, um, you know, very similarly with um, with Black Panther and, and Killmonger. Like, that's one of the things that's always stuck out to me with, with mm. Black Panther. And I love that movie, and I've seen it a million times. Michael B. But, Jordan's character, yeah. But Michael B. Jordan's character is like, he's just a... He's a he's a damaged kid mm. that that got stuck in a situation, and then to watch him grow, where he's ultimately trying to stand for something in a negative way, and in you his know, anger so and yeah. his resentment, yeah. And so you're just watching, you know, it's like it's it's super easy yeah. to to jump to the oh that he's the bad guy, and right. but it's like oh, but there's so much more if you go to the backstory, and yeah. And if if we could maybe spiritualize it into 
our interactions with people, it's like, you know, man, until you know somebody else's origin story, until yeah. you know somebody else's backstory, mm-hmm. you can't really understand where they're coming from. It's a lot harder to extend grace. How much easier is it to extend grace to someone when you know their wounds, their their heartaches, right. you know, right? Um, why they see the world the way they do? So, well, like, it's 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 funny to go there. It was, you know, it wasn't the intention, but you know, that's where we started with the origin story to go back and look at. Okay, well, the church started in. Uh, with Acts, you know, that's okay. So we're going back to that. And then, and then to move on to the story um, that you talked about, the, the eating with the Gentiles, um, which was what caused the, um, the, the, the commotion or the ruckus um, that they were, that, that they dealt with. And, and it's just, it's interesting how many of these, how, how much we could talk about. Um, I mean, that could be a series in and of itself, you know, to talk about the prejudice that they that they were still dealing with, or uh, we you talked about the um, uh, individualistic society that they were, or, or that we live in, that's different than the communal society that they were in, and um, you, you talked about inclusivity and exclusivity, the reconciliation between people, and not just not just us and God, you know, and so it's like there's so much in that one little bitty story about yeah, so you should. I went and ate. We we went we went and ate with them, and then everybody kind of panicked and freaked out about it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there was a lot to it for sure. Can I make a confession after the fact? I don't I don't think I planned on okay. saying this on our podcast, but I I shared it with a couple of our elders. So I I don't know why I'm doing this in the moment, but I started, so I can't stop. <laughs> so um, little peek behind the curtain too. As a teacher, I have my teachings fully drafted out like it's a full manuscript um i i try not to read it but it's word for word it's not bullet points on a napkin it's not one page with some notes it's like anywhere from 15 to 25 pages of depending on the font size well it's old man it's 14 (laughs) font i don't mind admitting that either for my old eyes um and it's it's spaced out there's a lot of white space on my pages so it's not it's not nearly as long as it sounds but um some of you would beg to differ. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> but all that to say, I have this long document every week. And to put the notes on our app um, that one of our, our admins in our office does for us, I take that document and I say I duplicate it and I save it as a second document and I, I trim it down. I just put the here's the here's the scripture, here's the few slides and some sticky statements, put that on our app. Well, I come up to church on Sunday morning, the day of I'm given this message, and I have nothing but the that app document. <laughs> I don't have my long... Did I tell you this already, Brooke? No. I didn't confess this no, to you. No, you didn't tell me. And so I literally have a three and a half page document <laughs> with nothing but the big points <laughs> and the, the slides, so to speak. And so I spent about an hour and a half early that Sunday morning, because that's when I noticed it, just scribbling you know, what I remember of my key thoughts. Yeah. And, and so everything from the transitions between points was off the cuff. <laughs> the, I don't know if you could tell that I walked around a little more and, you did, and, yeah. and talked without looking at my notes more. It wasn't cause I was that much more prepared. It was because I didn't have much to go off of. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did not tell me this. I, I say this in the spirit of keeping it real. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm not proud of it. Um, but you know, what was cool is, um, I got this compliment from Tanner after the second service. He said, you know, what's crazy is your first service teaching and your second service teaching were very, very close to the same. Hmm. 
And what does that say about everything from God's grace <laughs> to I just had it in my head so much from yeah. writing it and typing it out and, and being ready that I didn't need my notes as much as I thought. I don't know. That was kind of fun. Um, but I, I, I do realize I threw a lot of key points at us because uh, that you, you hit it on the head. That passage deals with everything from, you know, racial prejudice mm-hmm. to uh, church leadership issues and criticism and to overcoming our own preconceptions of what God's wants to do and it is is up to traditions traditions um uh, even even i loved i loved the last part of that that section where the leadership in jerusalem the church of jerusalem said oh we see now right and and repented yeah said oh look what god's up to this is awesome and they worshiped god how rare is that it's so cool to to and and how huge i just i don't think i i tried to say how big that was i don't think i can even um, fully grasp how big it was for the Jewish Christians in the capital city of Jerusalem to go. Oh, this is bigger than us. Well, I mean, this look for at, everybody. Look at our world. Like that's that's. It's not. We our, don't do that. When no. you when there, when somebody finally apologizes for something, it's a, you know, uh, I apologize. I'm sorry it, if I hurt your feelings. If I if I <laughs> I hate if that I so much. This, if I meant I didn't hey, mean to, know, but if, if I, I offended did. anyone, I exactly. apologize. And it's you're like, like, no, no, just say I'm sorry. I I messed up, and that's what this, <laughs> that's what they did. They they said, yeah. you know what, you're right. Yeah, you were you're right. We were wrong. Now I. I Unfortunately, you just keep reading Acts. That's not going to last. That spirit of <laughs> of support and and uh, skepticism about crossing these cultural boundaries with people and um, but it, it was it was a glimpse of of love and humility and and submission to God. I love that. I love that. I'm excited, but I, I mean, I know what the next few chapters hold. I, I, maybe that's a good excuse to say this, Brooke, for everybody listening. Um, the I cannot overstate enough the value, in my opinion, of reading large chunks of Scripture. Um, a lot of us, first of all, a lot of us don't know the Bible very well. Um, I'm not trying to shame anybody, but we're not a biblically literate church and I don't just mean colonial. I mean the Church of America. It's just it's a very uh, biblically illiterate church that we're talking about, with a few exceptions. But we need to be students of Scripture. And I want to encourage you. Um, I, there's a time and a place to memorize a line here, a verse there, a verse there. And there's some real good things about us putting you know one or two verses out of context up on a on a on a sign, you know, on our office or on our bathroom mirror. There's, I do that. There's, there's good that comes from that. But for example, if the book of Philippians, it's a letter that Paul wrote, mm-hmm. it's about six or seven pages, five or six pages in my Bible. Yeah. We break it down into four chapters. I think there's four chapters in Philippians. There might yeah, be five. So. Um, why read a line out of a letter? If, if, if well, your dad wrote you a letter, that's what I was gonna say. why would you read, the second paragraph, just the last part. <laughs> That's right. Like, there's a time and a place to grab a hold of that one thing he said. Right. But, but more often than not, sit down and read the whole letter. It's still Get in the context. whole context yeah. of what they're saying and how they started and how they finished. And maybe they tackled two, three, four different themes. And, 
And I want to encourage you on that note to all of our listeners and everybody at Colonial. Hey, we're going to be in Acts for a few short weeks still. Read the book of Acts, 28 chapters. It will not take you that long. Just we, we read two or 300 page books. Read a, a 30 something page book, mm-hmm. you know. Um, at least read the first 11 chapters of Acts. We're going to be in the, the back half of chapter 11 this coming Sunday. If you read through the first 11 chapters, you get context you get a much better understanding of, of this journey that the early church is taking. Um, and so I, I want to encourage that. I, I learned that it was, I was well into my twenties before I learned the value of l- reading the Bible in volume. Um, I have a question for you, Brooke on live on the air, live, um, even though we're not live. Can, <laughs> can you put a PDF in the show notes? I don't uh, think you can. You, you can no, just put a link. Right? I'd have to link it to something. Okay. Well, then don't worry about that. I've got a document. If anybody ever has a question about the different translations we use, okay. uh, the English translations that are that are available to us, um, I've got a one-pager document that I think is really helpful. Um, I will say this. We try uh, more often than not to read together from the scriptures here at Colonial out of the New Living Translation. Uh, it is uh, much more on the end of the of the continuum of a thought for thought translation. So, um, pick a language, pick Spanish, for example. You translate something word for word, and it's not necessarily going to be in the right order. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little more. It's going to be a little more difficult to understand at times. Whereas, well, what the thought for thought? Well, the meaning of that phrase, right. the meaning of that sentence, is this. It's just easier to understand. So a new, the NLT, the New Living Translation, those are our free Bibles in the back. That's almost always what I teach out of. It's what I recommend you read out of. Um, that's on the thought-for-thought thought end of the translation continuum. Hmm. Um, when I'm studying the Bible, maybe more than some people want to know, I like to read the English Standard Version, the ESV. Um, it's more of a word-for-word word translation. Uh, and then occasionally... Uh, some people aren't a fan of this. I'm a big fan of Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, The Message. It is on the extreme end of thought for thought. It is a true paraphrase. It's not a literal translation. But because I am familiar with with a lot of the Bible, I just love the freshness that the message will bring to me just yeah. in my own reading. So those are the three that I tend to gravitate toward. The NLT primarily, the ESV on a much more academic study level, uh, and the message when I'm, you know, lying in my proverbial hammock, so to speak, um, with a cup of coffee in my hand. I want to, I just want to read that for enjoyment and to have a fresh, uh, word from God. So, yeah. well, it's, it's interesting. I was, I was thinking, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago we had, uh, we had a question about, um, the, uh, the historical accuracy of the Bible and mm-hmm. a couple of the books that you mentioned, um, were by Lee Strobel, um, a case for a case for Christ and a case for faith. Yes. And um, I I realized at the time I had read some other stuff from from him and um, and some short stuff, but I'd never read those books. And so I thought, you know what, I'll go I'll go back and read them. And so the last couple of weeks, I read both of those um, both of those books, and um, which which are, are great, by the way. Um, I love how much you read. <laughs> Mad props for how well, much you read. We're also getting into the uh, take care of your lawn. Oh, time. so you get to listen so to a lot of books. Now it's going to be yes. a whole, it's going to be more. Try to keep up, everybody, with Brooke James. The guy listens do to that. so many books 
at one and a quarter speed? Oh, uh, depends on the a reader. Quarter? No, that's slow. It's a, it's at least one and a half. I listen to our podcast, by the way. When I re-listen to it, uh-huh. I listen to it at one and a quarter. That's one that, and a half is too fast for no, me. No, dude, it's, it's at least but one and a half. But you talk fast. I know. It's, <laughs> it's funny when you turn it Sorry. down. I turn it down, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is so slow. Anyway, so what I was, were you going to say about? I was struggle? reading those books, but just just the like one of the things that they talked about in it was that um, that the 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 Greek language is. Um, is not a linear language in that it's not like you can translate word for word all the way because those words are out of order. They, or, they, or that they don't, they don't go in order in the same way that we would put them in order. And, and so to, to have a thought for thought is, is a really interesting way to read it where it's like, oh, well, I read the King James that said this, and it's like, well... That was a very a very you know word for word translation of it, but you're missing the ultimate meaning behind it potentially. And so I, I just mm. I thought about that, and and um, you know we talked about those books a couple weeks ago, and and uh, you know if you have thoughts about um, evidence, and it, you know both of those books are are by a journalist who uh, was an atheist prior to and decided he wanted to do research and figure out um, what's 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 the evidence here? I'm going to try to follow some stuff, but they were, they were very interesting, but, mm. but just, to, you know, on the, on the thought for thought, you know, that was one of the things they talked about was that the language doesn't, it, it's not the same thing. You know, as you yeah. talk about, you know, translating something to Spanish, like it just doesn't work that way all the time. And, right. Um, so, okay. We need to wrap this thing up. Um, anything else before we move on? Anything else from this, uh, this, this, this uh, passage about eating with uh, people that we feel like we're not supposed to, or that some people feel like we're not supposed to, you know, the only thing that comes to mind is one of our radical minimums that I will pull out of my hat. I hope I say this correctly. I'm not reading it. But um, one of the, the five radical minimums we hold on tightly to here at Colonial is to engage purposefully. Yes. And so I'd like to remind myself, as I say it out loud, remind you, Brooke, and everybody else that's journeying with us, that we believe part of discipleship, part of faithfulness to Jesus, looks like engaging purposefully with people, which is to share, this is off the top of my head, to share a, a, a drink or a meal or an activity uh, with someone each week. Uh, I know that in some weeks we drift into that or we have habits of doing that with different people, but um, there's something about food and beverage that is powerful in our, probably in most cultures, but certainly in ours, about sharing a meal, sharing a drink with someone. Um, it just drops a barrier between us sometimes mm-hmm. something to hold in your hand something to do while you're hanging out of course as, as i know this relates to me as a guy dudes always have to have an activity we can't just go <laughs> stare into each other's eyes we got to right. play golf or we got to <laughs> throw axes or something you uh-huh. know um and so i would like to challenge myself and everybody else in light of what we read from peter um stepping into somebody else's world how are we getting out of our comfort zone uh, maybe with a neighbor or a coworker, um, somebody different than us, and just trying to engage purposefully, share a meal, share a drink, share an activity, and just and leave the rest of it to the Lord. You yeah. know, maybe we don't have a speech planned. You know, we don't bring a track with us. We don't. <laughs> we don't maybe have an end goal. We just we just want to be purposeful relationally with people. Um, that's one thing I'm getting out of this. So that's a good we made a good place to leave us. There you go. All right. So uh, as we continue on in, in Acts, um, you're you're suggesting that it would be great for us to read the whole book. But uh, where are we headed next? Uh, 
read through chapter 11 again, and we're going to look at the, the back half of chapter, well, the back maybe three-fourths, two-thirds of chapter 11. Um, I'm embarrassed on how my notes with me, so I don't remember exactly where we're going. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Your notes, your notes that you deleted. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I will I will have my notes. I'll quadruple check, make sure I have my notes with me this Sunday. There you go. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I bet that was a panic a panic moment. Uh, I was in surprisingly a good place emotionally. You were, that's you one were of, a non Every speaker's presence. worst fear is to right. be unprepared in front of a crowd. I was prepared. I just didn't have my notes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and for somebody that relies on their notes, that probably feels yeah. like being unprepared. It does. Until you get through it and you're like, okay, yeah, no, I knew what I was. I knew where we were headed. Well, that's good. All right. Well, uh, we're going to pause the conversation here, and we will, of course, pick it up again next week, um, barring, you know, kidney stones or any other random tornadoes or Let's just pray power against, outages. Pray against all those things. That's right. Anything else that happens. So, well, this has been the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial at colonialchurch.com or from the App Store or the Google Play Store where you can download our app, um, which is always helpful. So we'd love to hear from you guys. Send us your questions as you read through Acts. When anything sticks out to you, send us, a, send us a, uh, an email, podcast at colonialchurch.com. We'd love to talk about those kinds of things. So thank you for listening. We will pick it up again next week. See you, everybody. <laughs>